Welcome, and thank you for tuning into Organon, the official podcast of Ology Research Group, exploring contemporary social issues via data, insights, and change. Contemporarily, many people have perceived polygamy to be something repulsive, sinful, immoral, and inappropriate. According to an article published in Psychology Today, there seems to be trends alluding to the opposite. More and more people are becoming open about having multiple partners. Are we going backwards when it comes to the concept of what constitutes romantic relationships? Or are we just becoming more liberal? Present today to talk about this, from New York City, we have myself, Carl Letamendi. And recording from Los Angeles, we have... Hey there, Casey Schapp. And Courtney Hirose. Casey, take it away. Uh, thanks, Carl. So, um, you know, when we think of sexuality and connection, you know, and, and love and all this great stuff, you can't help but think that it's all, it's everywhere pervasive in our society. And lately there is a trend towards more polygamy or polyamorous relationships. So um, it was really interesting. I came across this article on psychology today and it's, and it's based on um, this article on the quarterly review of biology. Um, uh, it's actually based on this book by David Barash. Uh, it's called Out of Eden, The Surprising Consequences of Polygamy. And what Barash found was that polygamy actually was the norm for what, 90% of humanity. The um, It's only a rather recent modern concept that uh, you have this um, monogamous relationship and that's mostly dictated by the church and states. But what he found in the past was that there were three surprising consequences of polygamy. So the first is this idea of sexual dysmorphism, which is men in general are larger than women. So the, having a, um, societies where we had polygamous relationships, men who had stronger, more resources were more able to produce more. So that's the first one. The second one is that sex differences in preferences for a variety of sexual partners. So men are more likely to kind of just desire to have more sex with different partners with different ways of having sex. Um, which is like, okay, that explains me. <laughs> I like sex. It is not my fault. It's biology. <laughs> um, and then the third one, which we always know, men die at a younger age than women across um, across age cohort. So whereas women, you know, they died older, you know, have the risk of dying older. Men die, has the risk of dying every single age bracket. So um, so for this discussion, I just want to kind of scroll back and see what your thoughts are. Are our society really evolving from a monogamous or is just monogamy just not working or like what's the deal? Bam. <laughs> um uh, I definitely think monogamy is more of a social construct than it's an actual like biological thing. Just because of I think there's maybe not being told with divorce rates and stuff, I think there might be other things that go into it, but I feel like people naturally tend to want multiple partners to a certain degree. Cause even if you think about dating, like throughout your life, you're not really monogamous. You don't choose one person and you're not with them for the rest of your life. You kind of date around to different people and then you end up being monogamous. So I can see how it's definitely something that is a conscious decision versus something that naturally happens. Oh, I had a, a question for you guys when you said, Courtney, mm -hmm. you, I think we're making a fallacy by saying marriage equals monogamy. Because 
I mean, divorce equals monogamy because people in a, in who married and divorced they were in a monogamous relationships. You know, like uh, I don't know if that makes sense. It's not like you're having sex with every single person every day. You know, mm-hmm. in marriage, even if it's divorced because of failed union, you're still mm-hmm. in the monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, but like over time, you kind of. And it depends on what perspective you're looking at it. If you're looking at it during that interval time, if you're looking at it from your lifetime, mm-hmm. you have multiple partners. And that just makes everyone naturally having, like, being polygamous. You know what I mean? Versus if you look at for the first, like, five years or whatever, maybe they're monogamous. But if you take it out of just the timeline in the greater scheme of things, everyone's kind of polygamous. I always see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So then when we say polygamy and monogamy, like, are, are we saying the same things? Because, like, are we saying that being monogamous means being with the same person for an extended period of time? And then if you end a relationship and continue with someone else, are you still monogamous or are you polygamous? Because in T1 and T2, you were with more than one person. I always define polygamy as I'm gonna have sex with you today. I'm gonna have sex with him tomorrow. I'm gonna have sex with him the okay. other day, and then bam. So multi- so so polygamy equals being with more than one person at T one, right? At this well, time. that's what I always thought it was. But Courtney brings up a really good point. Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's more of a terminology type of thing. It, I didn't I didn't mean it like strongly. It was more of like a a thought starter type of point because when you were talking about it I started just thinking about it that way I'm like well then I guess yeah all of us are kind of polygamous but to Casey's point I think most of the general population think of it that way Mm -hmm. versus like when you have to compete with other partners for the same like I guess sexual interaction yeah so here's here's something interesting that I want to throw in there there was a study that came from two researchers from the University of Denver um, under a project called the National Marriage Project. And what they did is they collected data from 2007 and 2008 from a 1,000 unmarried people, and they followed them for half a decade, and almost half of them re- reported being married at upon follow-up. And what they noticed is that women who had multiple partners and then got married were unhappier than people who only had sex with their spouse before getting married. What do you think of that? Thank God I'm gay. Sorry, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but why do, you, why do you think that is? Like, that stood out as something that I would assume is statistically relevant uh, to have, you know, reported as a finding. So women... Who... Sorry, go ahead, Casey. Just rephrase. So, women who had multiple marriages or multiple partners? Multiple partners. It says women who have, well, it says uh, people, especially women who have multiple sexual partners before tying the knot, report being unhappier in their marriage down the line. I think it has a lot to do with anchoring and like being able to have different points of reference and being able to be more picky about what you want and what you've experienced. And then you, then you, you're, really putting unrealistic expectations or at least your subconscious is into this one individual to do all of the best things of all of those different people where I feel like some people just don't understand the concept of it where you can't expect all of these things from one person because people are people Mm -hmm. so that might lead to them just not being 
as happy in the long run just because they're like, oh, well, partner A did this and partner B did this and partner C did this and like all of these things. And maybe partner, their current partner right now has like 50 out of 100 things. But since she's had like 100 partners, there's 100, cool. there's 50 other things that she can't like, mm-hmm. that, that person can't satisfy because it's just not possible. But that 50 is still greater than the average person, which only has maybe like five. Yeah. But she she can pick and choose just based on her personal experience. So now she has a larger pool of reference versus someone who has maybe less partners. There's three people to compare against. And you're going, well, these these people have like these things, but this person has like it's an easier like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Of course, this person wins. Yeah. And there's no so, uh, there's no comparison point. So I was just thinking as you were talking about that of yeah. traveling, right? Let's say I grew up in a household. I never got a chance to play outside. And then all of a sudden, my parents take me to Disneyland for the weekend. And I have like the best time of my life. And then after that, I never go on vacation ever again. You know, I'm still going to remember that one time that I was very happy in Disney World. But Mm -hmm. if after Disney World, I went hiking in the Rockies, then I went to California. And then the next weekend, I went somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. It's kind of like... Uh, it's not diluting because I think uh, dilution is perceived in a negative way sometimes, mm-hmm. but I have more formulated experiences about um, how I feel when I'm in different places. So I think it's kind of like the similar uh, a similar thing too. when you're with somebody, they make you feel a certain way and you might mm-hmm. forget some characteristics about the person or how they look or smell, but you'll never forget how they made you feel. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's probably why. Um, people who have had multiple partners before getting married report being unhappier. Um, and it might just be because those who have had only one partner have like a hyperinflated sense of happiness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, ladies, moral of the story is stick to just one dick. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I definitely don't think that's what the moral of the story is, Casey, but <laughs> you be you, man. <laughs> I I, uh, I want to counter the po- both of your points because I I think maybe you guys are biased because you're in long term relationships. Maybe there's a point where it's good to have multiple partners. That's an inflection point, and then more than that, it becomes too much. So, uh, and that study didn't say how much. So maybe the the good the good number was like ten, right? So and then. What about, and then when we had like what, you know, more than 10 or like 20 or 30, maybe they become unhappy, but maybe those data are pulling up the mixing that the, the stats for increasing in sexual partner and decreasing satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just that, or maybe it's like a pattern, like a behavioral pattern that women who have multiple partners before getting married um, have higher rates of just being comp- like, just choosing somebody quickly as opposed to really assessing who, yeah. it is, who it is that they want to be with. So there's more like complacency in a way, as opposed mm. to being like, no, I know what I'm worth. I know what I want. I know what I need. Well, I'm, um, that's since that's because that co-found, 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 co-found variables, co-founder. right? So variables that we don't think about the impact relationships, but like another way of development, I'm not a woman, but I can totally relate about multiple partners. <clears throat> not that I have many, but I'm just, you know, just saying. I think it's <laughs> hypothetically. In my experience, my girlfriend's experiences, almost combined. Um, 
I feel like when you have multiple partners, it's like a chance for growth. You know, like like people like me didn't really understand what's like what you know what meaningful relationships until you have multiple partners you can really like judge of like okay i'm not happy with this this person's not doing good i like that way i don't like this way so in some sense i, I feel like it's good to have multiple partners i mean for me mm-hmm. not for everybody but i've just i'm look i guess I just don't agree with that stats i just feel like it's too it doesn't encompass the whole thing right that's why. like there's something missing Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like with jobs you know at, from every job you've ever had i'm mm-hmm. sure there's three things you can say you love about it three things you hate about it and it's like that with any experience too and it's like um pursuing a degree program you don't just take one class and get your diploma right mm-hmm. right interesting oh going back to the question do you guys think that humanity is shifting back to polygamy or do you think or our our um a social economic spending habit it's it's now because before we were producing society you know we produce stuff now we're consumption society so now sex and relationship is a form of consumption and now we're like well you know it's a lot more feasible to have more partners because that would make more money for companies. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? Um, I was looking at uh, CBS on my Amazon Fire Stick, and there was a there was like a um, like a little segment that they did about mm-hmm. how in Japan, like there's a this phenomenon where couples are not having sex in Japan, and it's very you know like work based, and and um, th- there's it was it was about robots, the the little um, episode but then mm-hmm. it, it also ended up being a, uh, a discussion about how j- in, in japan a lot of couples are not having sex and there's like a big industry where they'll go to see a therapist to kind of learn how to be intimate with each other and then just watch porn yeah so I'm, like i'm i'm looking up an, an article right now for instance it says in sexless japan almost half of single young men and women are virgins what? Yep. I think the culture is just raised to be work, like to work on a general basis to be more. I don't know. It's it's a lot more reserved, so it's not as aggressive. I would say as Western cultures to kind of find a mate in a certain way. So kind of just I think might not just it might just not happen. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just one of those kind of byproducts of how the culture was raised because it is it is a weird thing. But I think there's also, like, anecdotally things where people are comparing, like, real women to, like, the kind of anime-type women and things like that, where now it's becoming, like, a cross between reality and just non-reality. Mm-hmm. And even in marriages, for example, um, I'm looking at another article from The Guardian that says uh, 40, 47.2% of married men and women say that they were in a sexless marriage. So and it's almost in Japan. In Japan, yeah, oh. almost half. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just it's interesting, like how even the the concept of of sex can change depending on on where you are. So, I, but one thing that I do that I do notice that I see is that there's like less emphasis placed on be, becoming married as a goal. 
So I think that just in general, you know, couples who who cohabitate are like, why are we going to spend the money? It's not worth it. We're already living together. So why do mm-hmm. it? Um, and I mean, I guess there's also like tax advantages in a way, but it doesn't it's not sufficient enough for couples to make the decision like, yeah, let's get married because it's financially worthwhile to do so. I think there's always the that um, very slight possibility of potentially things not working out and mm-hmm. just to um, to allow for the possibility of that happening, then, you know, maybe less people are deciding to stay with the same person or tying the knot. I don't know. Well, this is a contrived theory, but um, marriage came prominent, like the height, the peak after World War II. You know, that was the idea of what we have that is manifested now, right? So that's after we lost a lot of population. Where we're growing, we, the idea is like families will spend more. And men were the one, the breadwinners. So they need a way to, um, they need a way to uh, control the population. Now the women have more power and men have more power. It wouldn't make sense to focus on the family dynamics because together the the increase in in coming doesn't offset the single woman who makes a lot of money or the single men. So maybe as society, we're pushing away from that monogamous relationship and saying, you know what? It's really free love. You just, you just love everyone. Just, it's all love. That's why the gay rights got pushed through or maybe and why like uh, we're exploring different sexualities and I just can't help but think that there's a mastermind behind all this and it's to their benefit that we're having multiple sexual partners because of this. Um, Grinder, Tinder, Coffee Meets Bagel, those make money when you're single, you know? Medicine, drugs, uh, therapy, they're really good when you depress. People who are single, um, you know, have a lot more resources spending on those things. And products like, you know, different types of sexual stuff, uh, mm-hmm. products. So, like, it, it seemed like it would, be, it would be to our benefit to be polygamous. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like looking at a at a spider web from above. And then mm-hmm. on every single corner, you have, like, a certain feeling. So, no matter which direction you go in, you're still being captured by some industry. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know, because I was also thinking about the, you know, the 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 movements of like the 60s and 70s. And uh, obviously I wasn't there, but, you know, how how people were pushing for like sexual freedom, you know, and uh, and stuff like that during those days. So I think maybe there's like a, a cyclical element to it. But I think that like, hey, see how you said um, that there's like some mastermind planning all this. <laughs> right in some room somewhere um using r um that that if if the trends go too far in one direction that something's going to change to entice people to go in the other direction so let's say that over the next decade or so there's a lot of people who are very very notably not getting married at all i think that doing something like that would create some sort of uh, changes in like the tax codes, for example, to increase the benefit of getting married, for example. So then it'll be like, oh, 
pe- more people would probably want to decide to get married more than not. I mean, like not foretelling the future, but already we some experienced some impact of that positive love. So, for example, I mean, free love. For example, millennials don't marry as longer. I mean, as as early. So the average age is what thirty, mid thirties mm-hmm. to get married. So that's already they're ten years behind their parents who started in their early twenties. Mm-hmm. Like my parents got married at twenty three, and now they've been together for like forty nine years. Um, so like so that's gonna have impact society. Average number of kids are less. People don't want any more than two, and before it was maybe like three. Like mm-hmm. you know, so that's already impacting. Uh, millennials, we can't buy homes. Like only three in ten millennials own a home. And nine out of ten, seven out of ten millennials who own a home instantly regretted it because it's such a financial burden just to get there. Um, like all, all these factors are impacting our long-term health and wellness and relationships. There's no way us as a population can sustain support medic Medicare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's gonna end in our generation. Um, we don't make as much money economically as our, uh, uh, baby boomers because of the 2008 financial crisis. It's just like, a, it just feel like, um, all these are going to happen something that's going to be negatively impacting society. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, I, I was listening to, I think NPR was not too long ago. And there's one industry with a certain type of products that has experienced a decline. You know what it is? Ooh, can we play a game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get with condoms. It's sex related, right? Industry? Mm, not exactly. Oh. Diapers. Diapers. What? There Ooh. was there the, the 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 sales of disposable diapers have fallen 6%. Um so companies like Procter and Gamble and Kimberly Clark that provide most of America's um disposable uh diapers are potentially getting ready to lay off. So, like, the Kimberly Clark company announced that it was going to lay off about 13% of its workers and close 10 manufacturing plants. People wow. are just not having as many babies as they used to. And like you said, couples are getting married in their 30s. By that time, they're kind of like mid-career, maybe, you know, a lot of them entering, um, approaching almost the peak of their uh, their career before they start to, like, level off and then come down for retirement uh, age when they hit, like, 55-ish. So, I mean, you know, it may be extremely common, uh, at least for our generation, to find many couples or just many people altogether that just don't have kids. And, you know, it's it's okay, right? It shouldn't be kind of like um, an expectation. And I think maybe back then it was a different time. So then, you know, people married a lot younger, like in their early 20s, and they had kids right away. Or even when you hit 18, some places, in some cultures, when you're 15, you're already an adult. Well, in a Jewish society, when you're 13, you're, you become a man. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. <laughs> I, I think uh, one last point um, that I was thinking is polygamy in the past relates to made, like making babies, in a sense, right? Today, when we think polygamy, we're thinking about making love. Maybe there's like a distinction. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it could be. Just the need to populate versus we no longer need to populate anymore because we're overpopulated. I, I can see that as a valid shift in just the biological nature of just people overall. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. So we are approaching the 25 minute mark in the episode. Do you guys want to move on to the bottom line? Yes, yeah. sir. All right, cool. Let's play rock, paper, scissors. See who gets the question. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, paper, scissors shoot. shoot. Ooh, all scissors. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> rock, paper, <laughs> scissors, shoot. Ooh, it's Courtney. Courtney uh, Carl. I'll let Courtney take it. Okay. Um... So, even with the data provided just kind of supporting the use of polygamy and why kind of maybe it's the more quote-unquote natural kind of method of just mating with other people, in your opinion, where do you see us being in 10 years and then maybe in 75? Casey. That's like mind blowing question. <laughs> um, I think in ten years, America will be like Japan, where it is now, where couples having less sex, sex gets disconnected from relationships, and meaning of sex and love is kind of diluted. Um, that's my future prediction. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about 75 years. Like maybe by then we're gonna have less people, and so maybe that's gonna go back to the monogamous relationships. By then, probably we have a huge world war, war. So anything like major disasters or like economic or something that's really so bad that a we hit the restart on mating, where now people are going back to just family. Mm-hmm. My prediction. Yeah. Carl? So I think over the next couple of decades, virtual reality is going to continue to be something developed over time. And virtual reality, what does it do? It delivers an experience. So they're going to perfect that. And aside from just looking around and seeing and hearing, it, the, the other senses will also be incorporated. So maybe they'll also factor in smell and develop like um, olfactory based technology to so that you can smell like a forest when you're mm-hmm. you know when you're envisioning yourself in a forest mm-hmm. um you know tactile uh the tactile sense so that maybe you can wear like gloves that will make you feel different things and that will also pave the way for other sexual experiences through virtual reality as well so people who would normally be too shy to uh, talk to different people or, you know, who aren't very social, for example, they would most likely adopt these kind of uh, sexual experiences through virtual reality. And as more people hop on it, um, it's going to create a pretty big um, industry, I think, to the point where if you have a craving that must be satiated, you can just hop mm-hmm. online as opposed to uh, finding an actual mate mate. That'll be kind of like an option. You know, where do you want to satisfy this uh craving that you have with a person or with a computer um and i also think along the lines with casey that you know there's probably going to be some sort of epidemic or war or something like that it happens uh over time i don't think we're ever going to be totally free from it because values will change over time and, and there will be certain crises 
Um, and we'll, we'll see. But I think that, you know, virtual reality will kind of shape the way that we think about relationships. Cool. Thanks, Carol. Um, so my opinion is kind of a mixture of where I thought in terms of Casey's view, it was more so switched where right now, I think 10 to maybe 20 years even might be a little too short to kind of shift everyone's like viewpoint from a monogamy perspective. But I do think in maybe 75 to the next hundred years, like we'd be shifting more towards kind of what we're seeing in Japan or just more from like a less emphasis on human to human sexual encounters, just because to your point, Carl, about the, all the advances in technologies and the experiences that you can get through virtual reality versus like having to talk to an actual person. Cause I think they already started to do things like that. There's a guy who made a robot for things for services in that way. And there's also, I believe there's like gloves and stuff where you can experience things like that as well. So it's, it's already going in that direction. And I think it's going to take some time for it to turn into the booming industry you talked about. But I definitely think the, the need for human interaction will always be there. But I think that AI could probably be good enough at some point in time where it takes over some of that where we become like the less need to mate. So then it just not as much. And then that might in itself, I'm not saying I'm, I discourage people being in a relationship, but that might in, might in itself help mitigate some of the overpopulation that the world is currently having. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. That's it. Okay, great. And now we would like to turn to our listeners. What do you think? Are there any topics you'd like to hear on the show? Make sure to send us your thoughts at info@ologyresearchgroup.org, and also make sure to check us out on Twitter at Twitter handle Ology Research. Thanks for tuning in, and until next week.